What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. Thanks for staying with us here on Weekend Mornings with me, Jason Dacey. And as usual, this time of the weekend, we're joined by Adrian Chu, career coach, the author of the 2015 book, Career Crossroads. Welcome once again. Hey, glad to be here, Jason. You survived uh, the rainy uh, roads and now you're here to talk about five tips for 45 plus workers to stay relevant in today's digital world. And we're especially aiming this at executives, of course, uh, often in that age group. So you've given us five tips. And the first one is understand that the job market is changing. What do you mean by that? Today, the market has changed a lot in terms of uh, the new rules of working. For instance, uh, in the old days, you used to have one comp- you used to work in one company for almost all your life or even be there for 10, 15, 20 years. But today, it's more of the gig economy, which means that people stay for two or three years and they may have to move on. Uh, they either exit the companies themselves or they get exited. So it's changed a lot. Even, even things like job, uh, job search strategies, when you're looking for a role, uh, jobs are no longer advertised as well. So mm. you, there are new rules. You've got to figure out how to play those rules. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it, what it means to you, you should say, understand the job market is changing and know what it means to you and how it will affect you dramatically. And, and the second point is realize that you can be retrenched at any time and have a plan B. And this is sadly becoming more and more prevalent, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. And a lot of times people who do get retrenched, they only start thinking about plan B after they get retrenched. So what I always tell people is while you're still at the job, Figure out what to do next. I mean, like what Jack Ma said, the best time to fix your roof when it's not raining. Yeah, so have a good plan. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And also, I guess, watch out for the signs because we've all been in jobs where we think, oh, look, this is a sign perhaps that I might be retrenched in a few months' time. I mean, there's a balance, isn't it, between becoming paranoid and looking at every <laughs> sign and uh, feeling that you just have to be aware of what could happen down the road. Yeah, but what, what surprises me a lot of times is when people do get retrenched and they say, I didn't see it coming. Mm. And it's strange because they have been the one retrenching their own staff. But just, I guess sometimes it speaks uh, to their complacency as well. Mm. So like, it won't happen to me. It's, it's either complacent or maybe they're just uh, in denial. I have no idea. What do you think, <laughs> Jason? Uh, look, I think you think you're right. Yeah, we all hope that uh, we can just keep doing something as long as possible. You know, just keep riding the wave and, and taking that regular paycheck. But the way that companies are and the, the I guess the bottom line pressure is getting greater and greater, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I just spoke to someone yesterday and he was telling me that, you know, I've been in the company for 15, 16 years. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I don't want to consider any other options. And he's only 45. And I asked him, so do you plan to retire in a company? He said, no, I don't. And I said, so if you're not planning to retire in a company, shouldn't you be working on a plan B then? Mm. So a lot of times, uh, people in their 45s, uh, in, in that age group, uh, which is where I, I am right now, yes. Uh, they need to think about uh, the further, the, the further, uh, the longer term plan, the career strategy down the road. And when you say plan B, could that be within the same profession or could that be uh, in a different profession or maybe an affiliated company? Can you look at uh, maybe a plan B within your big company? If you're in a big company and thinking, well, this department maybe doesn't have the future that I think this other department has, for example. Yeah, actually, you're right. In fact, uh, I would say all of the above. Plan B is basically, the thing about having plan B is just having a plan right. B. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's scary because uh, uh, the, the funny thing is as well, um, you can think about being within your industry or outside your industry, within your function or outside your function. So, and what's, what's more important is that at, at any one point in time, it's good that if you know who's going to 
be interested in the skills that you have and who would hire you. In fact, even if you had two or three options available at the time, mm. then you know you're in a good position. Okay, so this is uh, Adrian Chu, the uh, Career Crossroads author, career coach, giving five tips for 45-plus workers to stay relevant in today's ever-changing digital world. We're up to point number three. Know where your industry is heading and where the growth areas are. Are you ready for it? That's a very good point, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, uh, there are a lot of people uh, in industries that are sunset. For instance, like oil and gas or shipping. Mm -hmm. And you know that it's not going to happen. It's not going to grow. But uh, there you are when you're at 45 and you're still thinking that, don't worry, the industry will pick up. But it may not pick up in the next two or three years. It'll pick up in about 15 years and you won't be around in terms of work. So you have to figure out where it is. But having said that, even industries that are in sunset, uh, there are still pockets within the industry that are growing. So you need to know where the growth sectors are. And where it's like, for instance, even in banking, bank branch operations are being reduced greatly. I mean, when was the last time you went to a bank branch? Actually, I go quite a lot. I, <laughs> I, I go to my local one in Marine Parade. I have friends down there. We have a chat. And uh, often I just go down there to say hi, really. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean that uh, it, different industries, you talk about oil and gas, and that's impacted Singapore massively when we look at the last five years. And how people that were in oil and gas were uh, flying you know, a few years ago, oh, but yeah. now a lot of them have lost their jobs, and affiliated uh, companies have been affected. Uh, you know, companies that are sponsored by oil and gas. For yes. example, in football, there was a, a junior development football uh, system up in Malaysia that was um, funded by oil and gas, and it was they had a fantastic facility outside of KL, uh, and they had a well-known former England player that was on the staff on big salary. And we thought this would happen forever. You know, they're you know, grooming kids from Indonesia and, and Malaysia and some Singaporeans, I think, as well, were involved. And yet, after the oil and gra- gas crash, this is uh, shut down and it's just like a ghost town now. Wow, that's sad. But, it, but you have a point, you see. So it's, it's nothing's guaranteed uh, in this very volatile and uncertain environment today we live in. Yeah, so it's always good to have a plan B, understand where your industry is heading towards or rather where it's, where it's going to, where the growth areas are as well and move towards those areas. Yeah, this kind of flows on to your fourth point. Uh, know what skills are in demand and reskill to embrace it. Don't be a dinosaur. Are you talking to me when you call me a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Jason, you're pretty adaptable. You move, you move around, you've got lots of skills, so that's fine. You see. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, talk more about this. Uh, know what skills are in demand and reskill to embrace it. Can you actually, actually one company I was with, they actually paid for Education, you could actually, you know, learn a language or pick up a skill. If it was related to your job, they'd pay for it. So this is something we should explore, right? Yeah, correct. In fact, uh, I would like to take that a step further. Instead of, uh, apart from waiting for the company to sponsor you for courses, I think you've got to use it. For instance, like in Singapore itself, uh, we have uh, Skills Future, and you'd be surprised how many how many people have not used the Skills Future credits yet. Yeah, talk talk more about that Skills Future because uh, I don't think everyone knows a lot about that. Yeah, and the Singapore government is giving uh, Singaporeans, and I understand some PRs. I'm not so sure whether PRs get it or not. But Singaporeans get $500 to run any course, to take any course they want that's SkillsFuture approved. So you could use it for, I, I used mine last September. I did a digital marketing course at, at a local university, mm. three days, uh, and, and it was pretty good, really useful. So now I'm quite digital savvy. So you're not a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, now point number five uh, with Adrian Chu, the author of Career Crossroads, is five tips for plus 45 workers to stay relevant in today's digital world. Network, network, network. You said it three times. Get it on the grapevine and get leads to great opportunities. 
this is a, obviously very important because uh, we all get caught in our little own little worlds and we have our own friends and our own acquaintances at work and we just kind of get shut off. And we see other people in a big in – say we're in a big company. We see other people scurrying around and we don't really connect with them where there could be an opportunity, right? Yeah, that's right. In fact, I think uh, for, especially for 45-plus uh, folks like us, uh, we have – one advantage we have over the young ones – is that uh, we have long, we have bigger networks, uh, and, mm. and we have longer relationships with these people in our networks. So that's one way to leverage. Because right now, about eighty percent of jobs that are, that are out in the market are sourced, not not are not advertised. They are basically uh, networked. So you have to be plugged in, get get plugged into the grapevine, and have a lead generation of these guys coming in, giving you leads. Wow, 80% you think of uh, jobs are not actually advertised. Yeah, correct. Because nowadays we have LinkedIn and everything. It's, it's just mm. networked as well. So. You know what? I, I think I've never got a job through an HR department. I don't think I've ever got a job. Uh, I, you know, I can't think of a conventional way of getting jobs. There's always someone's mentioned something to someone, especially in my job area, which is media, which is not like banking or uh, you know finance. It's it's very different. Uh, it's the word of mouth. It's about relationships, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And to, and speaking about that, uh, your reputation in, in the industry matters as well. Mm. So you need to be able to curate your your reputation, curate your branding as well. So and all these plugs into the net working and that's why it's so important to think about everything of this once you've hit the big four five <laughs> curate i love that it sounds like farming <laughs> i wish it were that easy right uh, it is. It, actually it takes time so uh, and, and you know you, you have to make a conscious effort at it and, and not just sit back and say hey i'll let, I'll let it have its own uh, life of its own no you got you got to curate it yes yeah it's like anything isn't it you just you know you got to water it you got to give it love you got to think about where you want to to, to go in, in a, sort of a certain uh, period of time. So let's just uh, recap those five tips for 45-plus workers to stay relevant in today's digital marketplace with Adrian Chu, the author of Career Crossroads. First one is understand that the job market is changing and know what it means to you. Second one is realize that you can be retrenched anytime. Have a plan B. Third one, know where your industry is heading and where the growth areas are. Know that your skills are in demand is number four and reskill to embrace it. Don't be a dinosaur and network, network, network. Anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, any little other gem that you've been saving for us? <laughs> well, I think uh, if, if you're 45 plus, uh, the, market is, uh, the market is tough, uh, honestly speaking. And you have to be agile. So you have to be open-minded in terms of adapting your skills, even if it means moving into your discomfort zone, even if it means having to take a smaller pay, uh, having to take a, a pay cut to move into an industry that's growing or a field that's growing or to learn a new skill, go ahead and do it. Because if it's in line with your career strategy, where you want to be in two jobs on the road, then uh, go for it, but but don't be afraid. It's you're not you're not alone. Everyone else in this space is feeling that way too. <laughs> well, you actually get, got a really good discussion going here. So when we come back, we're going to talk uh, about the plus fifty five age group and uh, up to the sixties and how they can adapt because their role is a bit different. This uh, this is with Adrian Chu, the author of Career Crossroads. That's on our Career Crossroads segment here on Money FM eighty nine point three. Only on Money FM eighty nine point three. You're with me, Jason Dacey, on weekend mornings on Money FM 89.3 in the company of Adrian Chu, the author of Career Crossroads, Career Coach. Uh, we were talking earlier about the challenges facing the plus 45 people in the workforce today. Let's take it a bit further, Adrian, and this is a personal matter for me. It's the plus 55, the people who are officially seniors, I guess, uh, who are getting pushing towards 60. And they have an even greater challenge, don't they, in this uh, workforce today? Because many of them will not be as proficient when it comes to uh, technology. Yeah, that's very true. And the thing is that if you think about it, 
the old the concept of retiring at 60 or 62 or even, or even 65. Oh, wait, 55, some people can reti- used to retire at 55. Yeah, 55. It's, it's outdated. It's, it's, it's uh, not real anymore because, you know, the human life expectancy now is about 80 plus. So what do you do if you retire at 55? Because my dad retired at 55 and he lived till 80. And mm. for 25 years, he did nothing, uh, stayed at home and everything. But I don't think in today's context, we, we want many people want to do that. Yeah, indeed. And uh, there are many challenges uh, when you are 55 and above, you know, pushing 60 or 65 and you're still in the workforce and you're being managed by younger people who uh, maybe don't have the experience that you have. And it can be uh, frustrating, kind of. It can be challenging. Yeah, especially if you're culture-wise and, and the, in terms, especially if the technology catches up and you don't. Yes, yes. So that's going to be tough as well. Yeah, I'll tell you a story. Uh, a few years ago, I was managed by a guy that was tw- I worked out was 20 years younger than me. And he, 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 was, a, he was a decent guy. He was a, he was a fellow Australian, so we had the, the cultural thing down pat. We were fine there. But I always remember him saying to me, uh, he, was kind of, he, was, he was managing me and giving me a kind of review and a pep talk. And he said, oh, you keep your head down and work hard. And I remember him saying that. And it was difficult not to have it really grating on me because – I look back at my career and I, and I compare it to his and I went on LinkedIn and had a look at his career and he'd only been working for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Something like eight years. And I'm thinking, how on earth can he be telling me this about uh, putting my head down and working hard? You probably read it in a textbook somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luckily he was a decent guy and I didn't take it too badly. But these are the sort of things that the 55-plus workers have to deal with, don't they? Yeah, they do. In fact, one thing with your 55-plus, one thing you need to think of as well is this concept which I'm pioneering is called career longevity. You, know, you have to try and figure out what skills you need to have, what uh, what areas you want to be in so that you can remain employed until beyond 50, beyond 60, or even up to the point where you want to just want to stop working. So you need to figure out, have a plan as to what I want to be when I'm 60 or 65. And there is a challenge, isn't it? Because uh, sometimes we've been in higher positions, bigger jobs. We've been the VP, we've been the manager. And it happened to me. I was the boss in one organization and uh, you know, it was a great ride. I really enjoyed it. But then I wanted to uh, move back to Singapore and I needed to find a job in Singapore. So I had to take a lower position within uh, a job in a company in Singapore. And suddenly you're, you have a different status. You're, you're not running with the same people. You're not running with the high flyers yeah, and, the, and the CEOs and the GMs. You're running with the, the junkyard dogs, as a friend of mine said. Uh, and that can be challenging, can't it? How did you handle it? Well, it was difficult. I, I think uh, at first I just had to think, detach myself from the situation. And I have to think, well, look, no matter what is happening, I'm going to try and be as professional as possible. And even though I felt that, uh, you know, perhaps the, the way I was being treated wasn't uh, appropriate for my level of experience and what I was contributing, I just said, okay, I'm going to try and detach myself from the situation and look like I'm a vendor. So I'm providing a service of a high standard. No matter what happens... I'm becoming a vendor. Even though I was an employee, yeah. I had that mentality. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, it does. In fact, uh, if you think about it, you're, you're basically selling your skills to the organization. And, uh, you can, you, and as a vendor, you will just park your ego aside as well. You just get the job done, right? Yeah, you're right there. I mean, because it does hurt the ego, doesn't it? When we've been in bigger jobs and we're suddenly in a lesser job and then we're getting people to tell us, in, tell us what to do. They could even have been our subordinates in previous roles, right? Yeah, that's right. So, but but what's, what's really good, I guess, is to be adaptable as well and to adjust uh, according to where the situation is. So like for yourself, uh, it, it was, was it an easy way, was it an easy process to adapt back to? It wasn't yeah. easy, but there were some you know, redeeming features. There was less pressure because you're not in the high role anymore. Uh, you've got more time to yourself. 
you know, you're looking more at the skills and the craft of a particular job rather than the big picture, the, yeah. the macro and micro kind of comparison. So that from that perspective, it wasn't too bad. But I think this is something that 55 and 60-year-olds need to say to themselves when they look at a job, and you're, you're a former recruiter, so you know all about this, will I be happy in that position? Yeah, that's true. Will it drive me crazy? Yeah, that's true. Or will I just be content? So maybe you can tell us some of your tips, what you tell uh, people, uh, what advice you give them to try and get that sort of serenity and peace of mind. Well, I think when you're in your 55, hopefully you're financially more secure in terms of having most of your big ticket items paid You'd up hope already. so, right? Let's hope so, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and what happens is that, you know, then, then you work not for the money, but you work for the joy of doing, doing, getting stuff done. Uh, you work for the joy. Like I have a candidate of mine who who moved from, he was one of the top guys in, in, in Microsoft. And he decided to take a job that was a, bit, a, bit, a lot smaller. Mm. But it was a leadership position in a, in a, in a pretty large organization as well. But it, it, in terms of uh, money-wise, it, it didn't matter to him. But in terms of being able to groom the next generation to build a business and everything, that was more meaningful for him. So look, look at the bigger picture of things. And the other thing you can consider as well, for some people who are, who are sick and tired of the corporate, I mean, if you're 55 and you say, done it, I had enough of, mm. of, of having this reporting and everything. So I've had other clients as well who have stepped out of corporate and they run their own businesses or they run what is called a portfolio career which means that they, run, they do several gigs at a time. So they do a bit of consultancy, a little bit of uh, training, a little bit of uh, charity. Uh, very much like what you're doing now, actually. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect uh, life. I, I guess it can be challenging, though, if you've got you know, young kids you know, at, at 55 or 60 that you're having to support. And also it can be challenging if there's a, a culture clash, a, a generation gap when it comes to your manager. I'll, t- I'll tell you another story about this as well. Yeah. One of the previous jobs that I had, my, I changed manager, not the guy that was 20 years uh, younger, but it was a guy that was substantially younger, probably 15 or so years younger. And I went to the performance review with him. He was uh, based in the US mm-hmm. and I'm dressed in a suit. Uh, I'm wearing, you know, a nice Navy suit and, you know, nice black shoes. He is a tattooed guy. He's wearing a long sh- T-shirt. He's got an earring and he has to wear a long sleeve T-shirt because he's covered in tattoos. Okay. And uh, that's how it starts. And needless to say, it wasn't that probably the best uh, and happiest review. But this is a, something that we have to kind of deal with. Yeah, you have to adjust, I guess. But it's it's strange. I can imagine you sitting across a tattooed guy being, into, being assessed by him. Wow. And the guy is a big punk rock fan. And I and he's actually too young. But I, I remember punk rock from the late 70s, you know, from the Sex Pistols when they released their albums in the late 70s. I was in high school then. This guy wasn't born then or he was probably a toddler. <laughs> so I actually remember the punk rock stuff. So I, I, we, we probably could have that in common. But in a performance review, you shouldn't be discussing punk rock. Yeah, I guess as much. But uh, I'm still trying to get it image out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I want your advice on that. What do you do if, if there is that incredible cultural and generational gap between somebody who's a subordinate and someone who's a manager? I think you just focus on the job. Just stay on, stay on, on, on uh, in terms of uh, stay focused on the results, what needs to be done. And uh, get, as I said earlier, park the ego yep. out of it. Uh, don't get personal. And just focus on it. But if it, if it does get personal and if it does get uh, uncomfortable uh, to the point where you wake up in the morning and go, darn it, I, darn, I don't want to work for this guy anymore. It's, it's just too <laughs> tough. Then uh, realize, activate your plan B there. <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, you know, do you need to stay looking young? Do you think you, you know, do you recommend to your uh, clients, should they dye their hair? Should they be wearing hip T-shirts? And, you know, should they be wearing sneakers? <laughs> 
No, I, I don't think so. I think just be yourself. <laughs> but I do have a lot of clients who are who even even at forty, they are, they are, have a bit of graying sideburns and they dye their hair that hair anyway. Yeah. But I think no, just be yourself. I think one of the one of the things, however, is uh, the energy levels. I mean, mm. sometimes you, if if uh, a lot of times employers do discriminate against uh, older older workers. And a lot of times, there are bad assumptions that they oh he's older oh he's 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 old means he's slow. So I once had a candidate for a CEO position, and he was fifty two, mm. and my client actually told me he's too old. And only fifty two. That's yeah. a that's a spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I told him. I said okay, okay, uh, because this was because the clients it's a relatively new startup, and uh, they they were quite well funded, and mm. but they thought someone fifty two was a bit too old. Mm. So I said, look, this guy just finished the Ironman triathlon. Uh, could I arrange a tennis match between you and him? <laughs> oh, <laughs> See who, that's great. This guy oh, is. that's great. Yeah, look, I think you're right. Energy level is important. Uh, also, projecting that positive um, you know, f- vibe as well. Yes. Uh, being active. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it isn't bad to, to sort of remind someone that you've been doing it a long time. Uh, when I remember with this uh, troublesome manager that I had who had the uh, tattoos down his arms, so he had to wear long sleeve t shirts, he had, a, had an earring. I actually said, "Hey, listen, you know, I've been doing this for about forty years," and then I think it clicked that he was uh, he was like around forty or less than forty, and uh, and that kind of like he, there was a moment of silence. <laughs> so sometimes it's not bad to actually mention, not in a way that uh, you know you're sort of trying to make put the person down, but you could say, "Hey, listen, I've been doing this for quite a while. I know what I'm doing." Yeah, and uh, and if you and and he should respect the experience that you bring to the table. And in fact, I think it's it's a fantastic opportunity to have someone who is older to teach the younger ones as well how it's done. Even though sometimes the younger ones will go, "But this is so old school." <laughs> uh, no, that's how it is. So let me give you an example, a quick example. Yeah. Like right now, in terms of digital marketing, I, I see a lot. Uh, right now, I'm trying to hire a digital marketing person. I'm seeing two groups of people. One are the young ones who are really savvy at digital marketing in mm. terms of their techniques, but they don't have any grounding in old school marketing. Ah. But I, and I'm seeing another group of people who are around our age, who's, uh, who's, who's really good at old school marketing, but they don't understand search engine optimization, stuff like that. Right. So, so uh, what, I'm, what I'm hoping to see is, is a marriage of, of both. And I think the older uh, workers like ourselves, uh, who have a well, lot of wealth of experience, to share and, and download and cross-learn, actually. That's a very good point. And, and actually, you, you do said something there that's a kind of a teaching moment for people of, of our vintage is that sometimes the skills that we learned are not so relevant anymore. Yeah. And even though we can say, oh, I've, I've learned more than you've forgotten about this particular area, they, that may not be relevant anymore. So we have to kind of let that go. We have to learn new skills and we have to try and embrace the new. That's very true. Because uh, it's like uh, I'm often reminded by by uh, my uh, older friends that uh, I belong to the I'm 46 this year, mm. so I belong to the generation that has not actually seen a telex machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen telex machine, <laughs> but that's, that's how old you are. <laughs> oh well, look, Adrian Chu, career coach, the author of Career Crossroads. Thank you very much for your insights. I think I can go away with uh, a few ideas to stay relevant in this competitive workplace. <laughs> Always happy to be here, Jason. <laughs> All right, you're with me, Jason Dacey, on weekend mornings, Money FM 89.3.